What is going on? Welcome to Pastors and Pastries. My name is Adam. I'm a pastor and I love pastries. Welcome to the show. Today we have Tommy Burkhardt on as our guest and he is a youth pastor and admin pastor at Harbor Church in Lomita, California. And it was a great conversation we had with him. We talked about tattoos, tattoos and ministry, um, disappointing parents. We talked about work-life balance and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we hope you enjoy. And we got to enjoy a nice cafe latte from Yonder Coffee and nice banana bread and blueberry muffin, uh, all sponsored by Yonder Coffee. Go check them out. And we hope you enjoy this episode with Tommy Burkhardt. Hey, you guys. Now, this message is for anybody. Okay, God, you got our attention. Now what? I am that I am. Larry Lockdown, Starbucks. We are proudly supported by Yonder Coffee. You can't have a podcast that involves pastries without a coffee and pastry shop. And Yonder Coffee is that for us. Yonder is a local SoCal coffee shop in Northridge, and they have the best coffee. And I am normally a cream and sugar kind of guy, but I have been digging their just black Americanos lately, and it's been amazing. It is really, really good. And they don't just have coffee. They have other drinks as well. Um, my wife is really enjoying their lavender latte and lavender tea. It is amazing. And they make in-house pastries that are just out of this world as well. We eat them on our show. We send them to our guests. It is fantastic. You have to try Yonder Coffee. And now they have a cafe cart that will come to your events as well. Community is very important to Yonder. So invite them in and see how they can enhance your next event, wedding, ceremony, reunion, or Super Bowl party. Who knows? Anything can happen at Yonder Coffee. Visit Yonder Coffee at yondercoffee.com or Instagram at Yonder Coffee. <laughs> I have two. Do you okay, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. I had a kebab, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> and like, if you want more, I have your beauty. Vegan cookies, Adam. They're we're better about, than the regular. We've been talking about your life choices right now. <laughs> They're better than the regular. Hear me out. The, we got them by, her mom got them by accident one time. And they are better than the regular chocolate chip cookies. From where? From Sprouts. Really? Yeah. They are not, but here, they you, are can, better. you can give a, here, do you want it? <laughs> you gotta have them. You gotta try one. They are better. Can you hear yourself? Yes. Can oh, I'm on the left ear and you're in the right ear. Oh, it's nifty. It is bounced. Okay. <clears throat> Sweet. It's fine. All right, good deal. Well, hey, welcome. Thanks, man. Tommy, state your full name for us and uh, hand on the Bible, please. No. <laughs> My name is Thomas Evan Burkhart, born February 15th, 1989. Nice. <laughs> 1989. So you're 35, right? 34, but almost. I look I look like I'm 45. So right, yeah. That helps. <laughs> when I first met you, I was like, oh, man, he's like he's 10 years old, older than me. He's yeah. an old man. <laughs> Joke's on you. Right. Exactly. We're the same age. Just, yeah, barely. Um, I am 35. Yeah. You I'm, and Mario, you're both the older ones. Born in 88, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Well, welcome to Pastures and Pastries. Yeah. Uh, this is fun. You're our first inaugural guest, so that's going to be a good time. Oh, boy. Right? And, you know, just the best for the first. Some people save the best for last. We go mm, best for first. Right. Um, Thank you. You are, you are a, a current pastor, correct? Yes, sir. At the Harbor Church. Yes, in Lomita. In Lomita. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> and then you have a wife and a daughter, correct? Yep. We can blank their names out so that way, you know, <laughs> protective services. Internet, internet exactly. censorship. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, so you're a pastor. You've been a pastor for how many years? One. No, One year. <laughs> One year full-time, 14 years bivocationally. Bivocational. Okay, so that's great. And you went to school for it's ministry, right? Uh, yes, I attended. I'm actually in school again right now right. with Vanguard. So Nice. That's fun. So yeah. I'm doing that. And, uh, but yeah, I've been to, I went to um, community Christian college for a little while. And then Hope International for a little bit. And then obviously life gets busy. You get married. You have a kid. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, you know, I stopped. And basically this literally not even almost a month, almost a month ago now, started up again at Vanguard. Nice. So, yeah. Doing that, man. And you're full-time at Vanguard right now? Uh, technically, so it's like a ministry credentialing program. It's Got pretty. It. It's pretty cool. So it's simple. Simple like online like courses that you do and you accumulate 30 units. It's just one unit of course. But it's still the same as what you get in their biblical studies program. Oh, okay. And they're doing it kind of at a, a semi-expedited rate for their pastors. But so I'm doing that program and then talking to the counselor that I have there. I took the other units from my other schools. And once I have the accreditation for that stuff, I'm going to combine it there and then finish getting a BA and then maybe keep going on. Oh, nice. There. Okay, great. So been talking to them. A lot of planning, a lot of scheming. Yeah, yeah. But in a good way and saving money. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest part. Because I had, I mean, I wanted to go. I I came into being a pastor later in life. Mm-hmm. And so I went to school for something completely different. And yeah. so when I was like, oh, I want to be a pastor, I did not have the resources or the time because I was mm-hmm. working and struggling and paying bills. And I already had debt collected from being an adult, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I can't go back to school full time and not and work a part time job. It's, it's not going to work. You should look into this van. So I'm going to look at it. Yeah. No, like, I'll send it to you. Okay, it's cool. It's really good. It's like monthly too, how they do it. So, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, okay. So, how did it start out? So you went, went started going to school for ministry and you've been in bivocational ministry for 14 years. Yes. Was that by kind of like an accident? Did you fall into it? Or you're like, I'm going to be a pastor, but then like life happened. Uh, so way long story short, felt God called me to ministry towards the end of high school, like junior year going into senior year. Uh, didn't know how, like who, what, when, where, or why that looked like. Yeah. So first thing I did was just volunteering in children's ministry at my church. As you do. I was like, yay, right? <laughs> it's like going to the deep end. Yeah. Uh, they'll eat you alive. But I did that. And then from there, I had my few pastors that I know. They went to Hope. And like, I kind of knew about Biola, but I like, I didn't know about Vanguard. Got I didn't it. know about like Cal State Baptist, like where I should. But just for me, it was always like, oh, well, my pastors went to Hope. So I want to go to Hope. Yeah. So went to go do all that. But then my senior year. Um, getting into there, my last like month before that happened and everything in school is supposed to start, they're supposed to give you orientation to pick your classes and start. I went on a mission trip to Africa, but they said, we'll send you an email. Then when you come back, you'll just pick them and you'll be good. I got back and they're like, Hey, we have you living in our dorms and we have this, but you don't have any classes. And I was like, well, what ones can I register for? And there was like maybe two and there are ones I didn't want to do. Or I was kind of like, yeah, this is like. I wanted to really start off. Like I had my my plan in my head, which is kind of where I shot myself in the foot. I should have just done the two classes, whatever they had, and then proceeded, but I didn't. Yeah. So um, with that, basically, for Hope, it was like, buy Hope. 
uh, went to Cerritos. And then for while I was at Cerritos, that's where I heard about Christian Community College. So I went over there for a few years. But from that, it was like driving from Downey to I think they're out like in Chino at that time. So it was like a drive and a half. And then they had yeah. another campus over in Riverside. So Damn. I'd be getting up, going to work, you know, at 5 a.m., getting off by 2 a.m., getting on the 5 freeway, <laughs> just uh-huh. 6.05 to the 10 or the 16, just driving all the way out, yeah. trying not to fall asleep. And I get to class like before, like an hour before. So either I'd, I'd like nap or I'd eat or I'd work on homework, whatever, whatever the latter was. Yeah. Then I'd be in classes till like 10 p.m. Then I'd get off and drive back home and do it all again the next day. Oh, my day. gosh. So I was just trying to kill myself. That's why I look 10 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> just the stress of driving. I was like. California traffic. Yeah. It, was a, it was a slow suicide. Um, Man. But I'm still alive. Yeah. So I was doing Even that. Dear, yeah. But through all of that, one of the things I just knew was like, hey, God wanted me in ministry. And one of the things that kind of solidified it for me is when I was on that mission trip in Africa. Yeah. Uh, like, no joke, no credentialing, no anything. Just like, hey, I feel God's calling me towards this. I met another guy on the trip and they just had a new youth pastor at their church. And he's like, Hey, it's looking for people to help. Would you be interested in helping? And I'm thinking, you know, it's a church. Why yeah, not? We're yeah. good. And, uh, the place is called Seacoast grace and it's like a mega church over in orange County. Okay. And my little country bumpkin self grew up like in Downey. <laughs> so I didn't know like how big it was. So I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. I remember just pulling up to the campus and I was like, Ooh, I might be in over my head. on this." <laughs> <laughs> but I met with a guy, his name was Ryan Grable. Um, super awesome pastor. Awesome guy. And pretty much we hit it off and he was like, yeah, man, you should, you know, I think this can work. So I did that for about a year. All while going to school. Yeah. All while going to school and all, all the fun. So, um, while that was going on, basically at one point, it's when I decided to start getting my tattoos. My parents were big fans of tattoos. So I ended up, um, (laughs) when I got kicked out of my house for my tattoos, uh, my mom called Ryan and kind of told him and made it sound like me and her were like hating each other all the time and doing oh, these no. things. So he talked to me. He's like, how's your home life, man? And I was like, honestly, pretty good. I was <laughs> like, what's up? And like he knew he knew I got kicked out because I got a hold of him and said, hey, I don't have a car to get to work. Yeah. Obviously because of this now because mom and dad were very loving and helped out. And, um, you know, it was one of the things to where when I did come back, he was like, hey, like you can keep doing this if you want or you can kind of go there, like do your thing. He's like, whatever you're feeling, that's fine. Yeah. And it just kind of was like, yeah, you know, after that, it was just kind of like a weird, like vibe there. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to my old home church in Downey where I met with the youth pastor there. His name was Stephen Pate at the time. And uh, I just kind of told him, hey, you know, like when here things went well, then this happened. And then like trying to salvage whatever it was just wasn't working. So I'm over here like. You know, I'm looking to get back to it, but it's like, I've been doing this. I want to do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you need help, I'd gladly help you. Yeah. So he took me under his wing and I was there for about seven years at Downey. And in that time, I learned a ton from Steven. He was just super helpful, um, especially when it comes just to like analyzing and showing grace and mm-hmm. other things. Because like I was young, so I was a total like, you know me now, like I like. I like messing around, but back yeah. then I was even more of a punk. And uh, I, I definitely lacked in discernment when it came to my mouth. I'd just say whatever popped in. like Bruh. Sure, and yeah. It was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, but Stephen Stephen also is very stoic, very funny, um, good sense of sarcasm. So he, yeah. would, he would bounce right back, and it was, it was nice. But there's times where I know I'm pretty sure he showed me a lot of grace because like I when I finally went into ministry on my own, I had a kid who was younger than me and doing that. And I was like... Now I understand what I put you through. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's like I'm so sorry. And were you with him? Was he the youth pastor for the whole seven years? Uh, yeah. He so he stayed at Downey for eleven years as a youth and, pastor. Yeah. And oh so wow. He was he was there a long time, 
and uh, they were they were looking to make him the senior pastor, and then things just kind of didn't work out. So gotcha. Okay. Out. So that's a long time. But normally, like especially I guess nowadays, like the youth pastor journey is like a couple years, and then they move on to a different church, or they yeah. get a promotion, or they go somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. so seven years at one spot. That's or eleven years at one spot. That's crazy. Oh no, he did. And that's thing. He was he was great at what he did. Yeah. Um, it was never. He wasn't bad at it. It was just basically adjusting to the role, new church, same thing, like fitting yeah. in. But once once the gears were going, it was good. And the only reason I left too, because I just felt like by that point, literally some of the students we had from junior high, they were seniors like or graduated. Yeah. They were leading small groups. And I remember I was just sitting in there and I was praying to God like, hey, what's next? You know, what do you got planned for me? Yeah. And I felt like he was saying, it's time to go. And I was like, I don't want to go. Like, I love it here. I'm comfortable. And I remember it's when one of my, he, I had him all the way since children's ministry, but it was one of my boys. His name was, oh, my mic fell. Sorry, like, microphone. <laughs> no, come back. But uh, it, it um, basically, I had him since children's ministry, and he was leading the small group and just mm-hmm. the dynamics. He was going over the questions and asking and doing things. I felt God like saying, what excuses do you have, dude? Like, look, it's covered. So I was like, well, I guess I'm leaving. I don't know to where, <laughs> but I'm going to go. So, wow. Yeah, that was fun. But I did. I eventually I got I got plugged into a church in um Lakewood. Sorry, I don't even know. Should I just keep going? I'm talking too much. I no, it's like. good. That's fine. We can okay. cut things out. No, no, I'm just All kidding. Right. We're not gonna cut anything <laughs> out. Uh, no, that's crazy. I mean, so um so f- fourteen years as a youth pastor, bivocational or no, fifteen years as a youth pastor, bivocational, and now full time ministry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fourteen years I had did have you ever wanted to go up to like another level like an associate pastor or something else or are you just no. like i'm with the youth all the way no, i can't handle so, adults well my my role kind of right now is like i'm like an associate pastor i'm a youth pastor i'm a staff pastor gotcha you're one of those utility of, knives yeah basically yeah. We're, we're many hats um but that's the thing you know if god's equipped you to do that then you know i, I feel like it's okay to do it and yeah. same with my senior or he doesn't like what I call him senior. Sorry, Josh, if you listen to this. My lead <laughs> pastor. He's your age. Your young senior pastor. <laughs> he, yeah. He's 35. <laughs> so he's like, I didn't want to stay in youth. But um, his daughter is one of my students right now, actually. She's a blast. Yeah. But uh, so in that, I know for um for him and me, just so we don't like scare the congregation. Yeah. Or, like they're terrified. Like we have a 35-year-old and a 34-year-old. <laughs> Leading the Yay! church. Yeah. Yeah. But so we have we have plenty of wise people that have stepped in. And like that's our thing is even though we're young, I think we're, we're pretty good about being at like, Hey, we don't know everything. Yeah. We're taking this a step at a time, but, um, kind of in a way, almost like jokingly, I, I look at it as like the one church I helped that I left when I left Downey, it was a church plant and it was building a youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Harbor, it's not that it was bad, but, um, there's just a lot of stuff there to not be there. And got like, it. Not a negative way, but just a yeah. lot, of, a lot of red flags. Unnecessary things. And I remember just like seeing some things and I was like, mm, like this doesn't feel safe or like, job wise like safe you know if i were yeah. to actually pursue this for a career uh is this place going to be around in this much time and this is when churches too were closing like left and right and turning right. into coffee shops and restaurants and everything yeah and so i was kind of like i remember talking with him and one of the things was like this is the church i grew up in this is the church i want like i love i want to just see it thrive not just survive yeah and um just you know keep going but at the same time if they don't have people here like we can't do that and even, yeah. even I even asked him and same with the youth pastor who was there at the time. Cause I, when I worked with him for about the three, three to four months we did, he was like, you want my job? And I'm like, are you trying to get out of here that quick, <laughs> right. dude? Like is that, <laughs> it's that bad or what? So it was nice just knowing. Cause he said, no, like I've always seen myself more in a teaching pastor role. And he did youth mm. ministry for seven years, but same thing, no training. Yeah. He didn't work in any, like under anyone. Um, I felt bad. His name was Tim Tibbles. He was phenomenal. 
And just, especially when it comes like with youth, you want that relational ministry yeah. and he knocked that out of the park. He had about like, I want to say a solid, like, like 14, 15, like mm-hmm. kids that were his youth and still moved up into young adults. Yeah. And man, they were solid. That's awesome. And so it was, it was a blessing seeing that. And so I was like, Hey dude, you nailed this. But just there's times where you'd be like, I'm not fun. And I'm like, He's like us, like very same sense of humor, very, yeah. very broad. I was like, what do you mean you're not fun? Like, I want to punch that person saying you're yeah. not fun. Uh, for all I know, it's his wife. It's like, sorry, Tim. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's kind of one of those things where I'm just like, dude, you know, like you can do this. Uh, but he he was very, very wise. Like I said, he went to Biola, uh, whatever they taught him and everything like stuck. Yeah. And just he's one of those people, too, uh, when you talk to him, like, he's he can talk to you in a way like you say if you're like seeking correction or something Mm -hmm. and he says it in such a like way where you still feel convicted but it's like the nicest thing ever you know and you're like oh dude i gotta work on that because i remember at the time i was um i had some stuff happen at the lakewood church to where there was falling out and nothing nothing bad god bless them they're great but it was like you know when i left i remember i was i was more or less angst still hurt and so I kind of let my, I, I grew up with like a rough mouth when I was younger. Mm. So I kind of got it that way a little bit again. Yeah. And I remember just asking, we went to in and out to talk about me helping out in ministry. And he was just kind of like, Hey, so why do you, why do you cuss like that? And I was just kind of like, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad, but I was kind of right. like, I really need to look at this. And yeah. so again, just kind of like, why am I doing that? It's like, Oh, well there's still this hurt there that I wasn't recognizing mm. or addressing. And you know, for me, I'm like, Oh, it's whatever I'm being progressive, you know? It's sure. Like this. Yeah. But, in actuality, it's like, no, nah, dude, like you need some healing. You had a little bit of church hurt and you got to keep working through it. Like you're not yeah, done. Yeah. So it was like a, a very loving realization to have that. But like I said, just working with the time I did, it was, it was remarkable. So he was really, really cool. That's awesome. And, um, yeah. So I forgot where I was going with all that. That's okay. Rabbit trails. You mentioned tattoos and that you got kicked out of your house when you were, oh, yeah. when you were, <laughs> I don't, you were in college, right? When you got kicked uh, out. Yeah. Like 19. Yeah. So, so I mean, are your, your parents, are they a very conservative uh, family? I would say, yeah. Well, it was more of this. So they, they went with me to get my first tattoo actually. Oh, it's okay. a great story. My mom, my dad and my grandma. That sounds went, like a party. It was, they all came. <laughs> Cause they're like, we're going to watch and see that you know, I was, I thought I was macho man back then. Gotcha. And like not Randy Savage macho, but just macho as my just. own. And I got my tattoo on my back and I totally passed out during part of it. Just I like, passed out during a tattoo as well. Right. It was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had to catch me and my, my brothers were there and they're like, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I just remember waking up my brother, like slapping me like, yeah, come on, bro. I was like, my bad. I was like, what happened? You get the sniffing salts and everything. I was like, Oh yeah, my brain's melting. Yeah. Um, so it was just funny, but I remember my mom walking in and she was just kind of like, I first thought this was going to be funny, but I could see like you're actually in pain and like, no, I'm sad. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, mom. But point being, after all that fun madness, they sat there and they're just kind of like, okay, Tommy, uh, you know, you got your first one. You wanted to get it. Now just wait a couple of years. But and this is the thing. My dad has always been very business minded. So he's like, hey, save up a couple thousand dollars in a savings account. Yeah. And then once you reach a certain point, go get another one. But gotcha. I want you to at least wait a year. So I, I gave him my word. Yeah. I shook hands on it. And three months later, I was in the chair again. <laughs> like, yay. And so wow. it was one of the things, see, I got, I started doing the outline on my chest. So I got my roses done and I wasn't going to do the banner, but I waited. But so it's funny because even, you know, you're young, you think you're being clever. Right. I like practice ways like to lift up my shirt in case my mom and dad asked. So I'd still cover them because they're yeah. like right there on the, my shoulders. And then um, same thing, you know, just kind of like, oh, if they do this and. 
I had a few band shirts that I wear where it was a white t-shirt, but my mom could see them, mm. but she just thought it was part of the band shirt or like the design. <laughs> She's like, it's weird because when it's washed, like I can't see it. It's like, but when it's on you, it's there. So I guess a new technology, mom. I, don't I know, know they're doing all these band new, shirts. I know this cool band shirt, mom. But so <laughs> she, she was very loving, but she noticed. And of course, you know, you're young. So we all think we're smarter than our parents. Of course. One, we're not. Yeah. And, uh, I finally went, I went bodyboarding one day at the beach and I just like crashed. I would KO'd. And uh, same thing. I went with a bunch of students. We had fun. Mm-hmm. And we went. We were in the water probably for like two to three hours. Then we got out, ate our little sandwiches. And it's like I knocked out on the beach. <laughs> and I got fried. Like lobster man fried. Wow. And then our lights at our house are like, I don't even remember like back then the 2000s. They had yeah. like those like orange fluorescent bulbs. So everything already looked like 10 times darker as it is. Yep. So when I walked in, my mom was like, oh my God, Tommy, like you're going to get cancer. Like what are you doing <laughs> getting that burned? And she said that phrase, like, take off your shirt. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, yeah. mom. And take off your shirt. Like, and it's out of concern too. Like, yeah. how bad are you sunburned? Like, yeah. we, if we need to go get like aloe or take you to the doctor, we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, she's being a mom. Right. So I sit there and no, I don't need to do it. I don't need to do it. And I probably argue with them for almost an hour. And I do, <laughs> I do the thing. I practiced raising up my hands and did right. that. And I was like, all right, check. Like, I'm good. They'll never know. And so finally I was like, I'm tired of arguing. I'm just going to go upstairs and go to bed. And as I get to the foot of the stairs and I start to walk up, my dad goes, why don't you take off your bleeping shirt? Like, unless you were stupid and got another tattoo and my mom could see my face. Oh, like, no. You know, when your face just yeah. gives it away, like, <gasps> oh. And then as the infamous Thomas Evan Burkhardt, get back <laughs> here right now. And I went and take off your shirt, took it off. And my mom was just shaking her head and my dad was livid. Yeah. Like he exploded like a. Uh, he, he was like in that moment, the inspiration for anger. And um, what's the one with the emotions of Riley? I'm brain farting right now. Oh, wow. But- Sadness, yeah. Yeah, what movie is that? I'm trying to remember. Inside, Inside Out. Out. There That's we go, is, yeah. yeah. Literally, he was the manifestation of anger in that moment. Wow. Like, it was him. So he basically, like, threw my shirt back at me, said, like, phone wallet, or not phone wallet, but basically, like, phone keys and yeah. stuff, because they were helping pay for that at the time. Took it all and threw me out. And wow. basically, my mom was trying to talk him down, and my brother and sister were like, what's going on? Like, they just hear dad yelling downstairs. Yeah. So I was like, for me, I was like, I'll show you. So <laughs> after getting kicked out, I walked all the way from Downey to Bellflower, which driving is like a 15 minute drive. Okay. When you're walking, that's like a two hour and 45 minute walk. No way. In <laughs> so, your sunburn. My house to his. Yeah. Sunburn wasn't, it was nighttime by that point. Oh. So it was just kind of like, oh, so I remember I got to my friend Scott's house and he was, um, he was talking to a lady and it was just funny. Cause like two in the morning too, by yeah. the time I'm there. So I just knock and he's like, Tommy, buddy, like, what's up, man? I was like, hey, I just got kicked out. Can I crash here for the night? He's like, yeah. Oh my God. Everything good? I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about it in the morning. Yeah. And so that happened. And sure enough, I talked to his mom, Cheryl. She she's like a love. She takes in anyone and everyone. And so she was very Amazing. kind. And I was like, don't tell my mom. But sure enough, she like messaged her on MySpace or something. <laughs> it's like Tommy's here. Just so you don't thought, worry. That's yeah. So that's thought, a good mom, though. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I was being all sneaky. Like they'll never know. Right. So how ta- tattoos? Has tattoo? How has tattoos? Ta- tattoos. How tattoos? Has, you ever say a word so many times that it Yeah. How has having tattoos affected your career as a pastor? No, so in, in ministry, and this is the part that's tough. So I, I actually did a paper about this at my in my health class in the community Christian college. 
to where I feel when you get a tattoo, uh, there's definitely there's the emotional implications to right. where like what's the connection or the meaning to you. There's the psychological to where you know people, once you have it, you are going to get judged whether right. you want to be or not. And then there's the spiritual to where basically, hey, like if this does have a meaning or this does relate to something like spirituality, you know, say example, I want to get a dream catcher on me or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, well, what does it actually mean? So I think a lot of times if we don't take that into consideration and weigh it, it can be like a hefty price. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I always joke around and say like, I love, I grew up watching cartoons. Like when my, my dad would show us all the stuff he liked. So a captain caveman was one of them. He'd always watch. So I would watch it and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I tell kids like, I would love to have a funny tattoo of just cat, captain caveman on my leg. Like, sure. you know, holding up his club, like captain caveman doing his thing. Yeah. But at the same time, what's the, what's the spiritual implications of that? Cause I can say, well, it's meaningful. Cause me and my dad. Okay. Well, that's, that's nice. Um, well, people judge it. Yeah. Like, why'd you get Captain Caveman on your leg? That's right. kind of silly. But then scripturally, what does that fall under? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, if I can't have a backing on it with scripture, mm-hmm. then there's a problem. So a lot of the times I had, uh, I've had parents to where <laughs> it's like, it's not the best advertisement. One of my students, dads, he loves me. I still love him. Art, shout out to you if you ever listen to this. <laughs> but it's like, he said to one of the other parents, they're like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever trust Tommy. And like. I had his kid since junior high and up. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you trust Tommy? And it's like, oh, well, he has tattoos. And he's like, dude, like, I trust Tommy to take my kid to like a strip club. <laughs> like, like, not, not the that best. You would ever. Yeah, never. Yeah. I never would. It's like, not not the advertisement I want, but yeah. the sentiment I appreciate. Like, you know, we'll go talk about Jesus. That's good. You know, I appreciate that. But I wouldn't be like, let's go evangelize at the gentleman's right. club. Like, that just sounds like a catastrophe waiting to happen. Right. I took, your, I took your young pubescent junior high son to go, you know. It was Taco Tuesday, you know? Yeah, it's, all right? good. it's great. So um, there's that. So I've, yeah. I've had people judge. And then same thing with preaching. I've gone and done like guest speaker and other stuff. And I, I've had some of the sweetest old people come up to me and be like, I loved your sermon. It was so great. You know, I appreciate that. But I just have one thing to say. And I was like, yeah, they're like, I think your tattoos are ugly. <laughs> like, that has nothing to do with my sermon. Right. But hey, that's okay. And this this is the thing I, I always try to tell people. It's like... If you take the Romans 14 approach or basically Paul's writing, it's like, hey, you have some believers that say it's okay to eat meat. You have others that say it's not. You have some that say it's okay to do this. You have others that say it's not. Yeah. Each one's coming from a scriptural backing and in accordance to what it is. Right. But at the same time, if what I'm going to do is going to cause discord deliberately, mm-hmm. you know, then that's like that's basically causing more harm to the church than good. And Paul, he writes a lot about that, especially even like in Romans, just in general, yeah. he really dissects it in Corinthians, he does. And uh, I, I honestly feel for me, uh, my mentality used to be, oh, well, look, you're judging me now. You know, that first little snippet of Romans 14 everyone does. It's yeah. like, don't judge the other person. It's like, oh, bro, you know, like now you judge me. Look who has who. <laughs> uh, and then after if you keep reading, that, that's where Paul says, hey, it's better for you to do this in accordance for the harmony of the gospel and the sake of it, as opposed for you to go and actually like pursue a fight or try to deliberately right. antagonize a fellow believer. So I now, I all the time, I'll still get it to where parents, oh, your preaching was so good, but your tattoos, I'm like, hey, totally cool. I respect your opinion. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's their, like their thing. They can have it too. But at the same time, I always, I always wait for someone to ask, well, what does it mean? Like, what does that tattoo mean? Yeah. And then again, now this is where Romans 14, if it's coming from faith and a serious implication now, Hey, this is how I use this as a way to reach basically younger kids. Yeah. And I can start telling them, oh, this tattoo is about this, focusing on Christ's heart. And you know, that, that woman, like, that's not an ex-girlfriend. That's a representation of the church. It's the yeah. bride of Christ. That's who we're called to be focused on his heart. 
you know, or yeah. same thing. Like the one I always get is the one on my outer arm with the hourglass that's broken. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why, why the hourglass? And I see the, the diamond. It's like, yeah, because anything we have that we view as precious doesn't last forever. Yeah. And eventually one that's day it's going to fade. It's an earthly thing. You know, yeah. it's going to be gone. But the whole reason there's that with the ocean, it's going into the water. But then there's the sunrise because as Christians, we believe that once this time has come for us, we have a new dawn approaching mm. and it's something beautiful. Yeah. So I can totally do that. And like I said, a lot of my stuff, I have scriptural, like I have a ton of scripture in it or just like biblically themed. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing now. So if someone asked me or even a parent does. A lot of times that they take that time to actually ask and what does it mean? They respect it. Yeah. Um, even older people, they respect it. And at the same time, they cannot like it and that's totally fine. Uh, but you know, if I know I'm going to go preach in big church, I'm not going to go and rocking like a tank top. Like, right. what's up, old people? <laughs> Deal with this. It's like, hey, you know, I'll wear, I'll wear a long sleeve and just kind of have it that way and do yeah. it there. And then even even in youth, like I try not to wear tank tops or a bunch of other stuff. Sure. And it's the same thing. Kids all the time. Oh, Tommy, tell my parent to let me get a tattoo. And it's like, been there, done that. Don't do it, dude. Yeah, you know, it's right. like it's like when you're old enough to discern what you want and yeah. you can get. Yeah. Talk to them about it first, and if they want you to, I'll gladly go with you. But I'm not going to be the one who takes you there without talking to them or doing any of that because yeah. that's now, again, I'm not your parent. They are. That's that's yeah. their authority, not my own. Yeah. So my parents, I always since I was in high school, I wanted tattoos. And my parents always said, once you're financially independent, then mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. And so I remember the day they were like, hey, we're going to take you off and you're going to start paying for your own, whatever it was, you know, insurance, I think, or health insurance or whatever, whatever it was. I was like, okay, great. The next day I was at the tattoo parlor. <laughs> like, like, this is what I want to get. And I had Ins- thought about it. I knew exactly what I wanted tattoo. to get. Exactly. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, I was, I was stupid, you know, just yeah. fresh in California. I had a full-time job. I was making good money. And yeah. It's like, I'm going to get a tattoo. It's only $80. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but that meant something to me though. And my second one didn't mean anything to me, mm. but everyone after that, it's always the same thing. It's either yeah. faith-based or it's family-based. Mm. Uh, everything on my body that I have tattooed is either directly in correlation to my family members or to my faith or to God. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, do, I know some people that are literally like, one guy he worked at a church called Huntington First Christian name was Matt Walker. Super awesome dude. But covered head to toe in tattoos. Yeah. Like anything and everything too, you know? Yeah. And some of them I get it to where like it's fun there. There's that and you enjoy it. But my biggest thing is, you know, if it's something that's going to like fully interfere with my witness or like if it is going to have another person to wear, they're not going to listen to a single word I'm going to preach because yeah. uh, they see one tattoo. And like it's unfortunate, you know, but if that's the case, then I'd rather I'd rather approach it biblically. And like, I'm not saying like either the Mac guy is wrong, like he's horrible right. or he's this, like yeah, not yeah. at all. But it's like, hey, you know, I'd rather have my account come from scripture. So sure. that way it's like, you know, 100%. same thing. And I can be, hey, you know, this is what I meant biblically. So I'm sorry. Or, you know, the other thing is my grandma. I love my grandma, but she hates tattoos. I'm nervous. She seems yeah. just like, same thing. Like, gosh, they're so ugly, Tommy. And I'm like, I love you, grandma. Yeah. Like, it's, it's great. And she's, she's the best for that too. Cause same thing, you know, it's like, I think for some people they get tattoos and they think it's going to be something cool or something, you know, this, but for me, it's like, Hey, dude, if, if it's helping out or doing that, or I tell people too, like, hey, my tattoos are part of my testimony because yeah. it's like I failed my dad. Like I gave him my word, right? And then yeah. I fell back on it and he rightfully so got angry. Just like how when Israel fell back on God, yeah. they'd get judged. Yeah. <laughs> it's like judgment would happen and then eventually they'd fall back into God's grace. And that was my dad. And like I said, when I did get let back in, like, dude, I was I was 19, but I was like, you need to be home by nine o'clock. You yeah. need to have this, yeah. you need to have that. And as much as I hate him, like, this is annoying. The thing they'd always say though is, hey, dude, there's no lock on the door here keeping you in. If you want to go because you don't like these rules, that's fine. Right. Yeah. But these rules are an action or basically like a consequence to the action you chose to do. Yeah. And it's like, had I just talked to them about it or been right. wiser or like, you know, not as hasty, I yeah, could have yeah. spared myself a lot of headaches and even 
because I went on a mission trip to Ecuador during that time too. So a lot of my friends were like, you just stay in Ecuador. It'll be great. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. And then someone's like, well, you need a visa. You get deported. And I was like, oh, never oh, mind. Man, like, yeah. Go back to America, I guess. <laughs> Darn it. Um, your Instagram bio says Kmart pastor. Yeah. Lover of much, which I thought it said lover of mulch at first. Mulch. <laughs> And it also says I am Groot. lethargic artist. What is Kmart pastor? So Kmart, <laughs> I had preached at Kmart back when they existed. <laughs> no, so all right. So there's a phenomenal pastor. His name was Mike Iaconelli. Okay. God rest his soul. Um, but he was like the Bob Goff before Bob Goff. Okay. In my opinion. And what I loved about him, obviously, he was he was a person who was so focused at dedicating like just all and any efforts towards youth ministry that it was like monumental, especially back in the day. So I, I was bummed out because I think he passed away like a year or two before I graduated. Like, and I, I didn't find out about him. Same thing when uh, I listened to the Longer Haul podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard about him on there, so I went and checked out some like one of his books that recommended. So I checked it out and I was like, this guy is great. Yeah. And so I went and read a lot. Like, I pretty much read all the stuff he had. He wasn't perfect. Like. He's one of those pastors. I don't. I don't want to say like start like a big start of the progressive movement, but he's someone like if he swore or something happened, he wouldn't like condemn you or he yeah. wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Um, there's still accountability, but hey, like if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Right. And for me, that was huge because at that time too, like I said, uh, when I had the transition from the church in Lakewood. It was a bummer because basically I didn't fit in there. They were all like skinny jeans, Nikes. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean the bad way. You know, they're they're very you. their fashion sense. Me, flip flops. You know, yeah. um, shorts. <laughs> it's like t-shirts. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like their their style on that. And it's it's huge when you're in ministry because fitting in with the culture and the dynamic of that church is massive. Mm. And so for that, you know, I didn't really fit that. And I, I would try, you know, but still at the same time, it's just like, it wasn't me or like I do the haircuts or stuff like sure, that. Yeah. It's kind of like, this just feels like, I felt like I was fake, you right. know? And so I didn't like that. But um, in there, because I didn't blend well with the culture, the senior pastor, I think it's something he picked up on more than what I did. Mm. Uh, and I was trying to, you know, and uh, it was just like, hey, you know, I want to fit in. But then when I got engaged to my wife, I told him the kind of same thing, you know, hey, dude, you know, I, I'm it's like not that I'd ever want to step down or leave here, but like if I had to, like I w- I'd still want to make this my home church. And after he heard that, I don't know what clicked in his head, but just an array of events happened after that. And it was like basically brought in some other people and gave him my position. No way. Just kind of tried to play the like, oh no, what are we going to do? But like all my leaders knew, like everyone who was close to me knew. And it wasn't because I was trying to go and like, oh my gosh, can you believe they're doing this? But it's right. like everyone could see it. Yeah. And so I was like, bro. And like I, I even told him, I was like, just tell me you don't want me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not, my feelings aren't hurt. I'm like, first and foremost, like, you're my boss. Yeah. You're also my pastor. Right. It's like, and you're still a friend. And if you honestly sat down, like, you know, sat down to me, like, call me. I don't think you're really cut out to do a podcast. But I'm like, yeah. well, Adam, I really want to do a podcast. <laughs> you know, like, come on, just put me on for a minute. It's like, you'd be like, no, nah, I don't know. Right. And so I would expect that level of professionalism and just that level of honesty. Because yeah. I think like you're someone who I look up to spiritually. And dude, he was... He was a wonderful speaker, an excellent communicator. And like, I wanted to be like that so much so that I didn't realize until after I left the church. But like, normally I doodle in service and do stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was so focused on trying to be like him. Like, I wouldn't even doodle. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd just be like taking notes. Like, all right, this is what he does. And so, literally, kind of put him up on a really high pedestal, you know, which wasn't healthy either. Right. Um, But when it happened, I was like, just tell me this, dude. And like, and, and we're good. Like, my feelings aren't hurt. 
Uh, but just I'd rather be honest than you telling people, you know, well, Tommy's leaving because he's getting married. Because I had so many people walk up to me and be like, you're leaving because you're getting married? Yeah. And it's like, yes. <laughs> like, and that's the thing too, like as much as much as I wanted to scream out, like, like no, it's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this, it's, it's, hey, I get it because it's, it's helping the image of the church and it's trying to keep it safe. Sure. But at the same time, it wasn't executed in a healthy manner. Right. And that's, like I said, that's what caused more of the church hurt. Sure. Because uh, I feel like, I feel like too, even for the congregation, it would have been healthier for them just saying, hey, look, you know what? Tommy was here. He did a great job. He helped out. But we just, you know, we're just at different seasons in our lives and right. he's going somewhere else and sure. then we love him and we just want to wish him well. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of like, hey, he's getting married. So since he's so getting he's married, he's out. leaving. And yeah. yeah, it's like, and I just remember so many people like, really? Like, that's why you're stepping out of ministry? And then what well, wasn't cool on my end though, but I did it anyway. <laughs> it was the church I, I went to was the church that planted that church. Yeah. And as soon as I was done, I started interning over there like, <laughs> right at the bat. So it's like, but Tommy's leaving ministry, nice. but he's still working in right. ministry. And so I was like, ha, like wasn't, wasn't good. Definitely a fleshly move. Uh, but you know, it was just one of those things at the same time. I was like, dude, I was hurt. Yeah. So, so I how does that. that tie into Kmart pastors? So Kmart pastors, they, all that basically developed into where I came across Mike Iaconelli. Gotcha. Okay. And so his biggest thing was like, look, you know what? Most youth pastors, and it's funny because it's true. It's like most people last up to like their third year, which yeah. was my third year there. And he's like, and either they make it or they're gone. And for me, it was like, yeah, I was gone. And what sucked was he was like, look, you know, sometimes you have visions, you have goals, you have dreams, you have all these things that are there. And you know what? Just sometimes they don't align with other people. They didn't do this. So because of that, like the pastor gets let go, you know, our same thing. Like what? Like you got mud on the new carpet, like you're fired. And this is some of the things he quotes in his book, um, Messy Spirituality. Mm. It's like crazy because you hear some of the reasons you're like, dude, like really? But just hearing him was like that breath of fresh air. And like I said, he was like he was like Bob Goff before Bob Goff. Because you feel like Bob gives you that nice bubbly feeling after you're like, I want to yeah. be a good Christian, yeah. you know, going to these things. We love, like love does. And then with Mike, though, he's like, hey, look, you're not perfect. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but now how do we strive to still do better and improve on that? Love it. And I felt he did that very, very well. And he articulates it beautifully in a lot of his stuff. Um, you know, and some people don't get wrong. It's not like a super deep rooted theological thing. You're like, you know, he's not, yeah. he's not like, yeah. uh, being a CS Lewis or anything, but it's just being loving. But one of the things was, cause he wasn't ever ordained is he called himself Kmart pastor. Gotcha. So, okay. Right, there's the point. I got and it. So okay. from, from that, basically me, myself, I've never been ordained. And that was actually, that, that brings up the other church too. The whole yeah. thing there, there's, there's twice to where they were ordaining people and people asked, why aren't you ordaining Tommy? And yeah. I was like, I'm not trying to raise a coup. I'm not trying to do anything. And I respect your decision and I'm yeah. sorry. And then when it happened the second time, I could tell there was more irritation. Like, dude, like, what are you saying? It's like, I'm not saying anything. People yeah. are just asking. We literally hired in two new people and they're like, we're going to ordain them like right off the bat. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, you'd be like well, what about me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, was, I wasn't like, because I, I even told him at the second point, and I was like, look, I can care less about being ordained. Yeah. Like I get that's a nice thing and it's a good thing. But at the same time, I'm like, if God wants me to pursue ministry and do this, he's going to enable it and leave that door open. Yeah. If he wants me out, he'll keep me out or for sure. Like, you know, if he doesn't want you there, I thoroughly believe God will make sure you're not there. Like yeah. Not, oh, 100%. Not, yeah. not the bad way, you know, like God's mean, but it's like, Hey dude, if you're, if you're living up to those standards of accountability, like he will hold you to them. Yeah. Whether you want to be held to them or not. Yeah. And whether or not you're good at keeping a secret or not, he will bring it to the light. And right. when it does hit, like when it does happen, like, God forbid, <laughs> it's something crazy. So that's that's kind of my biggest thing, you know. So 
with, with hearing the Kmart pastor thing, I was like, I could just relate. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be ordained like this. Like, dude, I'm just trying to do youth and do it well. Yeah. You know, and that was it. And so nice. Uh, I was like, I'm a Kmart pastor then. Look at and that. So hey, I, I am too it. then. Yeah, look I know. That. Right? See? Look at that. Learn something new. Oh. Um, if you weren't doing ministry, what would you be doing? That's a good question. I honestly don't know why you're manufacturing. <laughs> Because you want to, or just something that like, family business? Oh, gotcha. uh, no, I, I would probably do that. That's that's hard. So music's always been something I've been passionate about. I've been in bands. I still record a song here. They were friends. Yeah. Um, nothing serious though. But it's just kind of like, hey, you know, dabble. I honestly, that's that's the thing too. Like, I feel my identity outside of ministry is my family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my wife and my daughter. Like, yeah. literally, my my hobbies are what my daughter loves and what she enjoys. And that's, that's sweet. until she's eighteen. You know, like I saw my things like. I'll, I'll still dabble around on my guitar, like around her and stuff. Yeah. And like, just kind of like the music or like drawing, painting, like, oh, actually, ink, uh, ink blah, Inktober started. I need to do my doodles. I, oh, yeah. I realize we're three days in and I haven't done that. I like your Instagram oh, doodles. They're fun. I try. <laughs> <laughs> but so. And um, you do CrossFit too, right? Yeah, barely these days. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I know. I feel bad. Sorry, Coach Joe, if you hear this. <laughs> I miss you. But no, just with my schedule and ministry. So this is, this is the thing, the plus, the pros and cons of full-time ministry is you need people there throughout the day. Yeah. So at the shop where I could go in and I'm, I'm starting at like five or 6 AM and then I'm off by two 30, three o'clock. Yeah. Go pick up my daughter. Then I go to class at three 30 or four 30, you know, and do my thing. Yeah. I don't have that anymore. Cause I need to be at church by four, four 30 latest, you know, and gotcha. I'm there at eight in the morning. So I was doing early mornings for a little while and then it got kind of crazy just schedule wise. So I stopped. Uh, then I ended up, I got, um, it was recently actually I need to get checked out again, but so far, so far, things have been looking pretty good. I got a blood clot in my leg again. Oh, no. I know, right? So that was fun. It was a superficial one, so it was more towards the outside wall. Okay. And the guy said that I have, like, the proteins in my body should be able to still break it down. Yeah. So I stopped going because of that because I said, should I be doing this? He's like, well, you should be walking and stuff, but not, like, not no running, no crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing any of that. Man. So, um, yeah, so that's been fun. I want to say, I've been wanting, actually, I want to go back this morning. <laughs> Same thing. I was like, I'm driving out to Valencia. I was like, maybe I should be awake. Yeah. So, but it's just, it's just been there. So I miss it. I enjoy it. I did do it for like a solid like year. That yeah. Was, that was good. When we first met, you were doing it pretty, pretty consistently. I know. Well, that's again, cause the time. Yeah. But so same thing too now. Emmy's in kindergarten. So my, my daughter, sorry, censor the name. <laughs> so I said it. But, uh. No, since she's in kindergarten, she has homework and stuff now too, which yeah. I don't ever remember homework in kindergarten. Me either. But she has it. So wow. it's like we're doing that. And it's I know it's simple things like write down the number one like ten times or this, but um, that's like game changing things for them though, right? That's like No, it is. It is big stuff. And yeah. there's there's times too where I've I've learned she's a lot like me and how my mom were. If I try to hover and stay, it's like, uh like she gets yeah, nervous. She gets nervous, yeah. And so I what I do is it drives my wife crazy, but I'll be like, okay, start. And I walk away and go sit on the couch. And like, I'm watching her from the couch looking at her like, hmm, you know, but, and then daddy, I'm done. I'll go and check. I'm like, good job, baby. You wrote one extra here, but that's fine. You know, let's erase it. Yeah. Uh, But if I try to sit there and like hover, like she just totally can't. She freezes up. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That was was like me with my mom or like with teachers. If they sit around me, I'm trying to do work. I'm like, hi teacher that's like, how i was with tests here? like just in general the test mm-hmm. i was like oh my gosh i only have an hour to do this i'm, I'm not gonna be able to finish it in time yeah, yeah. Like, brain does not compute oh yeah um all right well that was a good interview. that was a good yeah, <laughs> uh we're done let's just wrap it up right there sorry i had a brain fart it's okay. uh it's much like that test i just felt that pressure uh, all of a sudden yeah.
what was I mean? What is the biggest thing? So you were you were part time ministry for fourteen years. Now being in full time ministry, what was the biggest thing that you thought was going to be the best thing about full time ministry, but hasn't been what you thought it was going to be? Does that make sense? It's working in your office, and only, <laughs> and only because this is my first like actual desk job I've ever had. I've always oh. been very. Well, you worked in a warehouse before. Very, yeah, very yeah. hands-on. Warehouse, or even in Costco as a butcher, it's just still the same thing, like warehouse, but moving around, doing stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's, where, that's why I should be going to CrossFit. Because <laughs> 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 I'm not moving around nearly as much yeah. as I used to. And just the pacing was how much slower it was compared to like, same thing when you're in manufacturing, you yeah, know, it's like constant bam, 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 yeah. bam. And like, I'm taking like, I'm listening to books on like, like audio books and stuff while driving a forklift, loading trucks, getting yeah. everything ready for the guys to run the next day. And so I'm doing things like that, which is cool. But here it's like, oh, I could just sit down and actually read the physical book. Yeah. And that's so weird to me. Like, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, shouldn't I be doing something else? Right. And so or like, I have time to actually sit down and like do my devotional and prayer. And yeah. like, it's, it's good instead of, you know, like trying to hurry it in the day or like, all right, well. I'll read my Devo before I go to work today. I'll do that. And then I'll listen to the Bible portion of the car while I'm driving. Like, thank yeah. you. Like, you know, like audio you know. play on your Bible app. Like, oh, whoop, I know. Whoop. So it's oh, great. I know. Right? So it's my best friend. Yeah. It is for real. It really is. And so like that stuff, now I can just sit and do it. And do it. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing. great. I've, I've, after like my third month, I finally felt like God was just saying, Tommy, like, just slow down and spend time with me now. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to. It's like, I'm going to be fast. I'm not used to this. Yeah, it's like, this isn't right. You can just go like run the stairs at your church while listening to audiobooks. Yeah, right. For real. Just, well, we, we ran out to the school now. So they, oh, there you they go. use yeah. our lower half. So we we'll have class. What's Pastor Tommy doing? Right, he's gotta like, work. Gotta work. Just, just driving crazy. Just, like, what is his problem? <laughs> Everything. Just no. speed walking around the church. Like. Yeah. Just, just keep going. But I know, um, no, it's been cool. And so that's, that's like a blessing. And they're like, don't worry, wrong. Like, and there's seasons I'm learning, like where ministry is busier. Yeah. Like right now we're, we're really picking up cause we have a harvest party coming up. Gotcha. And so we have, gotcha, yeah. we have that and then we have November and then Christmas is already here. So uh-huh. it's like, dude, yeah, it's, it's hustling. Right. It's like, it's yeah, already, we, we've started doing our fall fest. It's far, fall fest for us. Yeah. Right. Harvest party, you know, uh, all that. Just not Halloween. All that Christian Halloween, Halloween stuff. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, we're dressing up and handing out candy. Isn't that Halloween? No, it's fall fest. It's fall fest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, you go around to different trunks. Yeah, it's trunk or treat. But isn't that like trick or treating? No, it's trunk or treating. It's trunk or treat. It's safer. That it's way. very much It's in safer. the car. Yeah. It's like in my van. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's in my van. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you can't bring your van so, to church anymore. Why? I'm sorry. It's just, who's that guy at the end? When did he sign up? <laughs> you just show up to random call, churches. Call the like, cops. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I went there. Just going to different churches. Uh, like, hey, guys, I got candy. Who are you? I'm a pastor. Don't worry I'm, about it. I'm a pastor. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's like, just stay there, sir. Exactly, we need yeah. to uh, call some people. Oh, my gosh. Their, their campus security comes on board. <laughs> um, oh, you want candy, too? It's just <laughs> Oh my god! If you, if you could sum up Christianity in one sentence, what would that sentence be? Jesus died for you. Boom! That's a short sentence too. I, know. I like Straight it to the point. Yeah, it's like it's all you got to be, man. Jesus died for you. Period. Mm-hmm. I dig it. That's cool. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I think that wraps this about up. We're almost out of time. Um, oh, there is a time limit. There is a time limit. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's that makes limit. sense for all the editing. Yeah, well, we're trying not to edit, so we're trying to just like oh, wow. 50 wow. minutes, and then uh, you know, just that's it. You get what you get. Okay. Um, but thanks so much for being a part of this podcast, and I no appreciate worries. your time. I hope this helps someone somewhere. Uh, me too, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, do you have anything you're trying to push out there? You're writing a book or anything like that? You're starting, <laughs> a, starting your own podcast. <laughs> Thoughts with Tommy right. B. Uh, Any sermons coming up? You want us to tune in? No, if you ever want, just check out the Harbor Church. I, I preach there. We have the HCYM, and it's all the little H underscore Y underscore yeah. M underscore. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, on Instagram. Well, not Facebook, not Facebook, actually. I stayed off. That's for old people. Yeah, well, no. It's funny because the students are actually going back to it now. I have, no, a lot of them sign, I have a lot of them signing up, and I'm like, why are you on Facebook? Yeah. Like, well, I didn't like Instagram anymore. Gosh, like, is MySpace well, coming back? I hope so. I That'd miss awesome, MySpace. Man, They'll right? teach them the code and actually get their own song. I was too dumb for MySpace, to be honest with you. Oh, really? I couldn't figure it out. I had one of my friends. He was really smart, so he helped me like, uh, a lot. I was I like, had Kevin, like, how do I do this? I had like my playlist on there, and that's all I had on there. Mm-hmm. like Just my favorite songs. Anyway, okay, great. So, uh, And where's the Harbor Church at in California? We are in Lomita, California. Lomita, California. So awesome. that's over between Redondo and Palos Verdes and San Pedro. Oh, that's and great. All the fun. And your youth meets on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah. Wednesday Perfect. nights and Sunday mornings. Sick. So, we're there, man. Awesome, we're dude. There. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate of you. Course. Appreciate you. All right. That's it. That's a wrap. Bye-bye. Pastors and Pastries is hosted by Adam Tucker, proudly produced by Paves Path Productions. We want to give a huge special thanks to Kelsey Egan and Gracie Shedd, executive produced by Adam Tucker, producer and sound engineer Haley Tucker, theme song by Brandon Liu and Lou's Music, sound mixing by Brandon Liu. Thank you for listening to Pastors and Pastries. You can check out all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, released every Friday. Follow us on social media at Pastors and Pastries, all spelled out. And until next time, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.